Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. For most of us, February 14th is marked by telling those around us how much we love them. We send cards and celebrate with gifts of chocolate and flowers. The story of St. Valentine is all about love, but not in the way you might think. Valentine was an example of what true love is, willing the good of the other and sacrificing everything for the sake of love. Valentine was a priest who lived thousands of years ago in ancient Rome, around the year 235 AD. Not much is known for certain about his life, but we've combined the legends and tales passed down through the years to create the story you're about to hear. Now, during the time he was alive, it was a crime punishable by death to be Christian. The Roman emperor forced everyone to worship him and the Roman gods. Churches were closed, sacred artwork was forbidden, and the word of God was never preached or spoken about in public. But this didn't stop Valentine. The Lord be with you. Have a blessed week, everyone. Be careful as you leave, though, so no one sees you. Thank you so much for celebrating the Mass, Father Valentine. I don't know what we would do without you. I only wish we didn't have to hide our faith. But for now, it is my honor to be a priest, even in secret. Yes. Oh, did you hear about Father Aurelian? He lives just east of us, was captured by the Romans and thrown into jail. I did. I will continue to pray for his safe release. Me too, Father. Well, well, I'll see you next Sunday. Father Valentine had been celebrating the Mass in a catacomb nearby. The catacombs were secret tunnels underground that stretched for miles and miles beneath the city of Rome. They were built as a refuge by Christians so they could continue practicing their faith without getting caught. Valentine walked home that Sunday with a heavy heart, thinking of Father Aurelian in prison. Maybe it was only a matter of time before he was captured too. But Valentine wouldn't stop proclaiming the word of God, no matter the cost. A gust of wind interrupted his thoughts, and Valentine pulled his torn scarf up around his face, squinting as the sand stung his eyes. When Valentine arrived home to his small stone house, there was a woman waiting outside with a boy clinging to her dress. Hello, can I help you? I'm sorry to just show up at your door, but are you Valentine? The priest. Yes, what, what can I do for you? You seem upset. Oh, Father, I didn't know what else to do. It's my son, Felix. He's only five, and he injured his foot weeks ago. Each day, his wound looks worse. He has a fever, he's getting weaker, and I just, I know something is wrong. Please, I'm desperate. Can you help him? 
Come inside, don't worry. Let me see what I can do. Valentine wasn't just a priest, he was a doctor too. Inside his house was a small apothecary with shelves from the floor to the ceiling, filled with herbs, remedies, fresh honey, and salves for all kinds of different ailments. People traveled far and wide to seek healing here. Once inside the little room, Valentine pulled up a chair and motioned for Felix to sit down. He knelt next to the boy and gave him a friendly smile as he gently removed his sandal. Okay, don't worry. I'm going to help you feel better. Now, can you tell me exactly where it hurts? Well, it's just here. I think I need a new foot. Oh my, that looks painful. Your wound is infected, which is why it hasn't been healing. But don't worry, I have just the thing. Now, where did it go? Ah, here it is. Put this ointment on three times a day, and he'll be back to normal in no time. Oh, thank you. I'm so grateful we came to you, Father. I don't have any money with me. We're, we're destitute, but I can cook and clean for you. Please, I'm glad I could help. Just do me a favor and pray for a friend of mine named Father Aurelian. He needs the prayers. Oh, I will. May God bless you. Goodbye, and thank you. Farewell, and stay safe. Bye! Thanks for my new foot! Oh, I didn't... It's not a new f... Never mind. You're welcome. Meanwhile, down the winding city streets, just miles from Valentine, Emperor Claudius paced angrily in his decadent palace. He was an evil and power-hungry ruler who had worked his way up the ranks in the military to become emperor. His only desire was for the Roman army to be the strongest in the world, but no matter how many soldiers he had or how hard they trained, there were still battles lost. With each defeat, Claudius became more obsessed with winning. It's about time! Where have you been? Emperor Claudius, I'm afraid I have some bad news. We lost a small battle to the barbarians, but not to worry, we're sure to overcome them. Not to worry? How dare you! Every battle must be won! We can never suffer defeat! We must be invincible! But sire, surely no army is invincible. We're missing something. There is a weakness within our soldiers. We will have them train harder. They'll be put to work seven days a week. No, they aren't lacking in strength. They're distracted. Claudius peered out from his high window and watched as children ran by the palace in the alley below. The sound of their laughter echoed across his cavernous chamber and gave him an idea, a terrible idea. Of course, it's the children. Oh. Yes, yes, the children. Wait, what? You want the children to fight in the army? You fool! Can't you see? The soldiers aren't losing battles because they lack focus. They're constantly thinking of their families back home. Dad, I'm hungry. Will you read me a story? I'm not tired. Can I have some water? I'm scared. Come play with me. What needy and demanding little pains. I'm confused. Of course you are. Reuben! Let me make myself perfectly clear. Families are nothing more than a distraction. So from here on out, soldiers are forbidden from having them at all. Issue a decree that no soldier in the Roman military can get married. 
Carry on! The emperor was a man of his word, and the next day an edict was issued stating that it was against the law for soldiers to get married. As you can imagine, this devastated thousands of young men who had always dreamed of becoming husbands and fathers. The news of this decree quickly reached Valentine. It was the middle of the night, and he lay sound asleep. A soft glow of moonlight filled his home. All was quiet until... Father Valentine, please open up. It's urgent. Yes, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm... Thaddeus, what are you doing here? It's the middle of the night. I'm so sorry to wake you, Father, but I have a favor to ask. Anything, my friend. Will you marry my fiance Cecilia and I, in secret? Emperor Claudius has forbidden it, but please, I love her. My only dream is to lay down my life for my bride. Valentine didn't hesitate. He quickly got dressed and snuck to the catacombs with Thaddeus and Cecilia. In the darkness of the cave, with a single candle lighting the room, the young couple exchanged vows and became husband and wife. As you can imagine, word quickly spread of what Valentine did for Thaddeus and Cecilia, and before long, he had helped hundreds of soldiers get married. But this came to an end all too soon. The Roman hierarchy also found out that soldiers were being wed in secret and set out to capture Valentine. This is his house. Men, see if he's inside. Roman soldiers ransacked Valentine's home, smashing and destroying everything in sight. Valentine was walking up the stone road that led to his house and heard the commotion from afar. He knew at once they had come for him. You! Are you Valentine? I... I am. And are you a Christian priest? Yes, I am. By order of the Emperor, you're under arrest. Valentine had shackles thrown on his wrists and was led to the center of the city, where two guards roughly pushed him down the cold, dark halls of a prison. As he was escorted to his cell, he saw the faces of hundreds of other Christians, mothers, fathers, and his fellow priests, all behind bars for nothing more than their faith. He grimaced when he caught a glimpse of Father Aurelian, he was emaciated and almost unrecognizable. Finally, Valentine reached his cell and he was thrown into a room smaller than a broom closet. It was a dark and sleepless night for Valentine. The next morning, Valentine was woken by the sound of a bird chirping just outside his cell. His wrists ached from the shackles and his stomach growled loudly. He took in his surroundings and prayed to God. His prayer was quickly answered. He heard footsteps approaching and looked up to see a tall, strong guard standing outside his cell. You look like you had a rough night. Here, have some water. Thank you. 
My name is Valentine. It's nice to meet you. My name is Osterius, and I am the head guard here. From what I've heard, the Emperor is outraged at what you've done, helping young soldiers get married. But I think it was a noble deed. I just can't see why you would do it. <laughs> well, thank you for your support. I suppose the simple answer to your question is that I did it for love. What do you mean? Well, to love is to will the good of the other. To love is to lay down your life in sacrifice, to put others' needs above your own. As Jesus himself said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Asterius had never heard a prisoner speak like this. Valentine didn't seem ashamed or frightened. Instead, he seemed hopeful, brave even. Asterius knew this prisoner was a holy man. Weeks passed, months went by, and Valentine remained in his small cell. He prayed constantly while he waited for the emperor to decide what to do with him. The best part of his days were his daily conversations with Asterius. Despite the circumstances, they had become friends. One cold day, in the middle of fall, Valentine decided to ask Asterius for a favor. Good morning, Asterius. How is the city of Rome today? Chaotic. The usual. Asterius, I, I have a favor to ask. I was wondering if you would, you would bring me a book to read. The hours in this cell are beginning to wear on me and I need the company of a good story. You're a scholarly man. You love to preach and read and write. I'll get you a book. But I have a favor to ask in return. I'm not sure I'll be able to do much from this cell, but ask away. I have a seven-year-old daughter named Julia. She hasn't been able to go to school because she can't see. She was born blind. She is yearning to know more, to learn and understand the world. I was wondering if you would be her tutor. Ah, Asterius. I would love to. The next day, Asterius came to see Valentine as usual, but this time with his daughter Julia alongside him. Julia was small for her age, but she had a tangible curiosity and bravery about her. Her brown hair was tied in a braid that hung over her shoulder, and her bright blue eyes were striking even within the dark cell. She carried a walking stick and held tightly to her father's tunic as they walked down the long hallway to meet Valentine. Hello, you must be Julia. It is so nice to meet you. Hello, Father Valentine. My father says that you are one of the smartest, most kind men in the city and that you will be able to teach me. Your father exaggerates, but he's right that I would love to teach you. What is it you wish to learn about? Everything. I have so many questions. Like, how does water flow down a river? What happens to the moon during the day? And what does a flower look like? I just, I can smell them, but I just wish I could see one. <laughs> well, I'll do my very best to describe all the flowers and answer all your questions. But why don't you start off by grabbing a seat? I think the best place to start would be to memorize poetry. How does that sound? Yes, oh yes, I love poetry, but... First, I have one more question. What's poetry? Well, let's find out together, shall we? And this was the beginning of a very special friendship between Valentine and Julia. 
Every day, Julia looked forward to sitting in the cold, dark prison just to hear tales from the past, stories about love and war, to memorize poetry, and listen to Valentine describe the beauty that surrounded her. The other prisoners looked forward to her visits too. The sound of her soft voice echoed through the prison walls and gave them hope. And the stories Valentine painted inspired them to carry on. Months went by, and Julia began to wonder about Valentine's Christian faith. Father Valentine, I've been thinking, why are you a Christian if it's caused you to suffer so much? Can you just say you don't believe and leave this place? That's a very good question, Julia. With a very easy answer, you see, my faith, it means everything to me. Even if it threatens my life or makes me sit in this cell, a life lived without loving God and following His will. It's just no life at all. Wow, you really believe in God, don't you? More than anything else. Julia, time to go home. Say goodbye to Father Valentine. Goodbye, Valentine. Until tomorrow, Julia. The sun rose the following morning as it always did, flooding the cold prison with soft light that warmed them from the frigid night. Valentine lay in bed, just starting to wake up, when he heard the sound of someone running down the hallway. Valentine, I have news. I ran as fast as I could once I heard. Asterius, what is it? Emperor Claudius is bringing you to trial today. Unless you renounce your faith and worship the emperor, he's going to kill you. Asterius, you have been a loyal and good friend to me all these months. Oh, don't tell me, Valentine. Don't be so stubborn. Please, just tell them you won't be a priest anymore. That you won't be a Christian. I can't deny my faith. Asterius, we both knew this day would come. No, no, no. There must be another way. Listen to me. I don't think we have much time. Do you have an escape plan? What can I do? I'll open your cell and- Escape is futile. Everyone knows who I am and what I've done. I would get caught the minute I stepped out of this cell. Asterius, there is something you must do. What are you talking about? Help the people who need you most. Release every single prisoner in this jail who is only here because they are a Christian. Set them free. You've lost your mind. Just because I'm your friend doesn't mean- why would you ever ask such a thing? Because it is the right thing to do, Asterius. Before Valentine had the chance to say another word, the echo of soldiers' marching feet filled the prison. Valentine knew they were coming for him, and he only had moments left with Asterius. He grabbed an envelope from his book and handed it through the bars of the cell. Please, give this to Julia. Valentine, by order of the Emperor, you are being brought to trial. Come at once! Father Valentine, I... You know what to do, Asterius.
Before Asterius could answer, Valentine was dragged out of his cell and into the city of Rome. Asterius felt desperate and shaken. He wished he could have thought of a way to save Valentine. He should have at least said goodbye or thank you. Walking home, he found his daughter sitting on a bench beneath her favorite tree. She heard him coming up the pathway towards her and smiled. Father, is that you? Good morning, my beautiful daughter. Good morning. Wait, why are you at the prison? Julia, I have some bad news. Father Valentine was taken to trial. Unless he denies his faith, they will execute him today. No, no, it can't be true. I tried to help him, I really did. I'm so sorry. Here, he left you a letter. I'll read it with you. Asterius opened the small envelope to find a purple flower, a crocus, and a note. He handed the flower to Julia and read the note out loud. Dear Julia, never forget love conquers all. Your Valentine. Asterius looked over at his daughter. Her head hung low. Tears trickled down her cheek and fell onto the flower she held. Her father watched in amazement as the small flower seemed to bloom and glow with each drop. In the same moment, the sun came out from behind a cloud and flooded them with a brilliant light. Father, that light is so bright. Yes, wow, the sun is. Julia! You, you can see that light? I can see, I can see! Oh, Father! Julia threw her arms around Asterius, taking in her father's face for the first time in her life. It's a miracle! Father, it's a miracle, I know it is. Valentine was right. God is real. He was right. He is right. I, I have to go. I love you. Where are you going? To do what's right! Asterius ran through the streets of Rome faster than he ever had before. His legs ached with each step and he could barely catch his breath, but he ran on. At last, he reached the prison and ran down the steps to the cells. He breathlessly fumbled for his keys, found them, and threw open the door of the first Christian prisoner, Father Aurelian. Please, go, my dear friend. You are free. The elderly priest looked bewildered, seeing the open door to his cell for the first time in two years. He slowly walked forward and shook Asterius's hand. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You are a free man. All of you are free! That day, Asterius freed every single Christian prisoner and left his position as a guard for the evil emperor. It was February 14th, and on this same day, Valentine was killed as a martyr for his faith. He lived a life of love, sacrificing everything for others and for the will of God.
St. Valentine is the patron saint of epilepsy, beekeepers, and love. What are ways you can love sacrificially like St. Valentine? This Valentine's Day, can you think of ways to tell someone you love them? Valentine's Day is about more than cards and chocolates. It's about true love, which is willing the good of the other. It's about wanting to help others on their journey to sainthood. Thank you so much for listening to Saints Alive. All of us are given courageous hearts to follow God's will and live a life of holiness. We are all made to be saints, and striving for this is the greatest adventure of a lifetime. If you liked this podcast, check out our website for resources, discussion questions, and more. And make sure to subscribe and follow along on social media and let us know what you think. A special thanks to our new patrons, the Maloney, Aldrich, and Houseman family, Lily and Louis Arrigo, the Wignall, Oliver, and Gilbert family, and Catherine and Theodore French, whose parents love them very much. We have loved creating this podcast, and we need your help to keep it going. Check out our Patreon page at www.saintsalivepodcast.com for ways to donate to keep this podcast running. Thank you so much for your support. Make sure to tune in to our next episode, premiering on March 14th on the life of St. Patrick.